It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This episode of Locked On Bengals is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Bengals go down in a thumping in Pittsburgh, 36-10. to I guess we have to go over it and talk about what happened, how it happened, why it went the way it went. But it was really a junior varsity squad for the Bengals on defense in this one, and some wind wrecked some havoc early on the offense, but they could really never get it going. Joe Burrow had a tough day. Coaching staff had a tough day. And we'll cover all of that today, and James will join me as he does on game days for segments two and three of the show. Before we get into it and I, I get through the the quick recap of the game, I just want to take a moment. Those of you that have been listening for a long time know that I'm also a yoga teacher, and I just want to ask everybody to just breathe in some positivity for a moment. Just breathe in, take a nice deep breath in, a nice slow breath out. Inhaling some positive thoughts, Joe Burrow to T. Higgins. Exhaling whatever negativity you're holding on to, Ben Roethlisberger and the refs. Just let all that go. We'll get back into it next week. And hey, if if that worked for you, if you found that to be a pleasant little meditative experience, keep doing it. Nice and slow in through the nose. Nice and slow out through the mouth. Calm the body down. Calm the brain down. This team still building toward a future. They're just not there yet. And how far away they are, well, that is a topic of conversation. But without further ado, let's get into today's game and a quick recap to start the show. This one started out okay for the Bengals. For a very brief period of time, for five plays, the Bengals got off the field on Pittsburgh's first drive of the game. But very, very quickly... Unfortunately, Alex Erickson trying to fight for an extra yard on his first punt return of the game fumbles. The Pittsburgh Steelers get the ball in essentially the red zone at that point, certainly field goal range, and they only managed to make it nine yards. They kick a field goal, 
you're thinking if you're a Bengals fan, okay, that could have been worse. We did give up a possession, but hey, they only got three points out of it. But the Bengals come out on their first offensive drive and Joe Burrow fighting the wind. And there was a crazy wind in Pittsburgh early on in this one in particular. Couldn't seem to throw a good football. The Bengals' first drive goes just three plays, negative two yards. The Steelers get the ball after that. But the Bengals, again, defense gets off the field. You're thinking, okay, the offense just needs to settle in. They need to figure out a way to move the ball. They're still in this thing, but three plays, three yards, punt. The Steelers come back, go six plays, 36 yards, but again, the Bengals' defense holds once the Steelers get into scoring position, and it's just 6-0 to zero at this point. Still, game's in reach. Offense gets back out onto the field, three plays, two yards. You're sensing a pattern at this point. The first three drives of the game for the Bengals go nine total plays, three three and outs, and they net three positive yards. Can't do that against the Pittsburgh Steelers who come out after that punt. Ben finally hits a big play, goes vertical. William Jackson loses on a double move. And two passes later into Tony Brown's coverage, and Tony Brown got picked on. Cornerback number six or seven on this roster when we started the year. Playing defense against a pretty good receiving core and an uninjured Pittsburgh Steelers offense for the most part. And in three plays, the Steelers go 74 yards for the touchdown. Even at this point, you're thinking that there's still an opportunity for the Bengals. They get the ball coming out of halftime. So if they can just score a few points, if they can score going into the half, perhaps, they can they can still keep this thing close and keep it interesting. Unfortunately, after the Bengals finally get something going, T. Higgins ends up fumbling. They go three plays for 35 yards, but T. Higgins fumbles on what would have otherwise been a first down as he's falling to the ground. Again, the Bengals, defense, to their credit early in this one, get off the field. At this point in the game, the Steelers had started six drives in the first quarter alone. In their previous couple of weeks, the Bengals' defense has only faced eight, nine drives in the entire game. Six drives in the first quarter. The Bengals' defense on those six drives only giving up 12 points. You take that, to be honest, if that's a whole game of possessions, but unfortunately, the offense was just giving them nothing early. But they do come back, and they finally get something going after the punt there. The Bengals go eight plays, 90 yards, including a deep pass to T. Higgins and a T. Higgins touchdown, the only Bengals touchdown of the game, on an eight-play, 90-yard drive, 7-12 at this point. Still, you're thinking, this is potentially doable. The defense getting off the field, they're not giving up touchdowns. Unfortunately, the Steelers come out, go seven plays, 78 yards, 19-7. Now the game plan for the Bengals has to be score, get out of the half, score coming out of the half. That's how it gets close. Unfortunately, five plays, nine yards with some penalties sprinkled in. Three minutes and 15 seconds come off the clock. The Bengals punt. The Steelers go eight plays, 57 yards in two minutes and 20 seconds. Zach Taylor calls some timeouts. And the Steelers have to settle for a field goal, 22-7 to at this point. The Bengals have one last drive going into the half with two minutes on the clock and one timeout. They go eight plays, 51 yards on the drive, but they don't end up getting any points because as soon as they get close, Alex Redman, starting at right guard, gives up pressures on two straight plays, leading to a sack and a flush left scramble, throw it away play, a Hail Mary, throw it underneath to end the half. The Bengals go into halftime down 7-22, and then the second half, things just fully come apart for the Bengals. They don't move the ball, really, for the rest of the game, 
in its entirety, except for the second to last drive they had in the game, which at that point it was 36 to seven. And that included a big fake punt for a lot of yards on that drive. So really the Bengals offense for the rest of the game, couldn't get anything going. They were having issues throwing the ball. They weren't running the ball and they're down in the game. So really they had to throw the ball in order to try to come back as quickly as possible. But unfortunately for them, the defense at this point in the game starts to come apart a little bit. The Steelers have a 12-play, 67-yard touchdown drive. Uh, They get the ball on a short field after a big punt return, go five plays, 15 yards for a touchdown. And since the Bengals' offense couldn't get anything going in this game, that's it. 36-10, Joe Burrow playing the entire game, finishes the game, Take some hits fans probably didn't want to see him take, but Zach Taylor said after the game that he thinks Joe Burrow will be just fine for next week. Coming up next, James Rapine joins me on the podcast for the rest of the way. We recap the game, talk about what it means going forward, try to figure out if there's anything that we can actually take away from this one. Talk about that question I asked in the open. How far away are the Bengals from competing? Because they've got a guy that we think is a quarterback, but they clearly need some other things to fall into place. And like everything in life, it takes hard work to hit that sense of accomplishment, to get things going in the direction you need them to go in. And if you have any fitness goals, I would like to introduce you to Echelon Fit, the future of fitness. When it comes to getting in shape or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment, of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. And like I mentioned, that's hard work, but Echelon can get you there. They've got the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rowing machines, and their all-new Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter your fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of home. Their world-class instructors will motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available when you need them. Unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days. Go to echelonfit.com slash NFL. That's echelonfit.com slash NFL. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. It's that time of the week, Bengals fans. James Rapine joins the post-game podcast, and we talk about the takeaways and what what we just saw, which was obviously uh, an abomination for Bengals fans. James, before we started recording, you thought they didn't look very prepared coming off the bye, and I would agree with that. And, And certainly, I think there's some blame to go to coaches. Four coaches, by the way, not even present for this game due to COVID which may or may not have been a problem. I, I don't I don't know what impact that had on the game, but the players also didn't play very well either. I mean, you got Tony Brown, cornerback number seven out there, getting picked on and beat all game. You got Joe Burrow playing, you know, one of the worst halves of football, and he said it himself. I talked about it in the open. But James, now that you're here, 
Let, let's dig into it. What, what are your initial thoughts? The game was lost in the first quarter. It was over. It was done. And the score might not have said it, but if your defense is going to play that well on the first four possessions, and, and, it, and it was four, and you, you could actually make it longer than that, but I'm going to just take the first four possessions, and they only give up six points, and they have to deal with multiple turnovers and awful field position, and you aren't doing anything on offense against a team like Pittsburgh, well, guess what's changing as you move forward? That defense is going to get beat. The, the secondary, like you mentioned, is going to get beat. And I'm just so disappointed. Look, I expect that from Tony Brown. I don't expect this offense to ever score 10 points. And that should never be the expectation. And I get it, the offensive line and things like that. We talk about it. They should have been better. And so it was the first quarter, the Bengals, the past three games, where we've kind of felt good about the direction they were heading going into Sunday's matchup, had outscored their opponents. So this is Colts, Browns, Titans. Outscored their opponents 24-3 to in the first quarter. They got crushed in the first quarter and lost all momentum the moment the, the kickoff happened outside of that first stop on defense. You know, Alex Erickson fumbles the punt. Then they kick a field goal. Then they go three and out, three and out, three and out on their first three drives. And that's it. Like, they're not good enough to overcome a bunch of stuff. They're not good enough to go on the road, overcome two turnovers, not be able to move the ball, not be able to convert on third down. They're just not good enough. So that, that's it. That's your ball game. And uh, when they did seem to, to respond well, and it's 12-7, to 7, well, then the defense goes off the rails a bit. And, and that's what's going to happen against a team that has the, the weapons that the Steelers have. We said it earlier this week. We said, look, this team is not going to be able to stop the Steelers consistently. And I thought they did overall a pretty decent job considering everything that was going on. Uh, it's just, look, the, the offense did nothing. And that's that's the disappointing part. And you're right. Joe Burrow didn't play well, specifically in the second half. And that was disappointing as well. I think some will talk about the wind. Others will talk about the ankle. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what it is it's specifically. But I do know that coming into this game, I was hopeful that they were going to have a, a good enough showing, not win, but have a good enough showing to where the, the positive momentum and the positive vibes and the positive feeling was going to continue, Jake. And all of that got derailed. The air is completely let out of the balloon now, and they have to start from square one. And that's that's a hell of a spot to be in because everyone was flying high after uh, the, the win against Tennessee, and you have the bye, and then you think that maybe, just maybe, they'll be able to hang around against the Steelers. And they clearly uh, were just outmatched, outplayed, outcoached, outperformed on Sunday. Yeah, they, they didn't look ready. And to start the game, you're, you're right. There are a number of factors going on, right? Like, I think Joe Burrow really did struggle with the wind in the first quarter. Like those balls on a, his very first throw of the game, five yard out, gets caught in the wind and, and, and like has a weird, weird flight. Like it looks strange. Didn't look like he was throwing the ball very well in most of the game. But, you know, going back the other way, Ben didn't seem to have that issue. So I, I don't know what was going on with, with the first quarter. Uh, as the game goes on, the offensive line occasionally rears its head, but honestly, you can make excuses with the offensive line. They played pretty well in this game with with Quinton Spain at right tackle, who played a hell of a game, considering he's never played extended snaps at tackle in the NFL. Uh, I, I thought that Hakeem Adenergy held up okay 
I would have to go back and look to tell you more than that. When I was watching the offensive line, I was paying a lot more attention to Spain on the right side. Alex Redman, tough day. You know, uh, late, uh, a couple times later in the game when it was, you know, clear drop back passing, things start to come apart a little bit. But at that point, you know, there's not really much to evaluate. <laughs> you know, at that point in the game when you're down by 20, the game's out of reach. So in some respects, you know, the game being over, as you mentioned in the first quarter, maybe not quite the first quarter, right? Like if they actually score a touchdown going into the half there instead of taking that sack and then they get the ball back coming out of halftime, then it could be 21-22. But but instead, you know, they, they take the sack and, and then Joe Burrow gets pushed into the bench and, and then that's it. Then then the wheels really come off in the second half. So I, I don't know what there is to really take away from the second half. Really, it felt like the game was very out of reach very early in the third quarter. But I don't know what you're blaming. So so you talked about you talked about coaching and, and the game plan. So so mm-hmm. let's dig into that. What what do you think could have been different, at least in the start of the game, right? Like you never prepare for for a fumble on the punt return, for example. But but putting that aside, what could have been different early in the game while it was still, you know, somewhat competitive? Well, they just they have to find a way to get the offense. Like if this team's going to win, even if they are healthy on defense, the offense is gonna have to to score 25 to 30 points a week like that's just the reality of this defense and the reality of their their shortcomings and where their strengths are so when you start your first three drives nine total plays three three and outs 13 total yards zero first downs that's it it's it's really hard to overcome that when you have the flaws that that they have on defense and the opponent they were playing you know if you're playing the giants you might be able to get by with that road against the steelers it's much different so i just I don't know what we knew there was going to be a win going into it. You knew that, that, you know, Joe might struggle, but try to find ways to get these guys in space, to get the playmakers in space. And I get it. Like there are times when that's going to work and times when it's not, but I didn't really feel like outside of the busted coverage play to T Higgins, the 54 yarder, it didn't feel like they got anyone in space ever, ever. And I don't know how to, to do that because we just talked about the offensive line. I did think they played relatively well. Heck, on the, the third and seven on their first drive, they held up and Burrow had plenty of time to throw. And Boyd and, and Green were in the same area again. And who knows who ran the, the the wrong route there. I would lean Green, which is weird to say, but that's how I would lean because I just think that Boyd is in tune with what, what he needs to do. But they were just out of sync there and clearly unprepared. It, because that that's that they came in flat and so that that part is on the coaching and then, then the other thing i would say they punted nine times jake and then they ran a fake punt when they were down 36 to 7 i love the fake punt call i love it can you do it when the game is still like in the balance can you do it in the second quarter uh heck i i do it in the first quarter do it in the first quarter on the the third and, and i don't know what the down and distance was uh, when it's six to nothing and you're about to punt the ball back and your defense is, is playing relatively well, considering how you've, you, what you've done to them uh, it, it, on that third drive, maybe you do it then. I don't, I don't know, but I would have done it much sooner in the game. If that is a call you're going to make, do it when it could actually benefit you. Not when it's 36 to seven and the game's over. That was hilarious. Like I, I laughed. I literally laughed for about 30 seconds when that happened. The game's out of reach and we're running a, a very successful fake punt at that point. Like, I, I, I don't know, trying to 
give your defense a little bit more of a rest, I guess. I, I don't know. Trying to build some momentum would be what Zach Taylor said in his press conference, but that was hilarious. Now, I would generally agree. If you're going to try to run a fake, do it when the game matters. Otherwise, why are you showing that fake, right? You might need it at some point. But I guess when you're 2, 6, and 1 or whatever they are now, who cares what you're hiding for later because your season's done. Uh, at the same time, the the only thing I'll say about that is that could be a play that they have built in when they get a certain look. And so it could be that they just never got the look where where the fake that they practiced this week is is a look that they liked and it just might not have ever been an option early in the game but generally I would I would tend to agree with you. Now the the talk about not being prepared in the coaching staff, how much of that like how much of the wind comes out of your sails when Alex Erickson fumbles? And and then you start getting a drive going when the game is actually competitive and T Higgins fumbles. And and then you're just in a hole, right? Like yeah, they got out of those first couple like you're only down 6-0, the offense isn't moving, but I, I really wonder how much that affected their early game plan. Sure. And that, that's fair. And those are the things, again, this team can't, exactly. in my eyes, against that opponent, they can't overcome those, right. those mistakes. Like yeah. there's, there's no doubt, but it, it, it's still, it's, it's so damn frustrating because this coaching staff, what, what we're evaluating at least in my eyes, and what I think the, the the Bengals, Mike Brown, and the Blackburns, what they need to be evaluating here, can Zach Taylor and the rest of the staff be the coaching staff that gets the Bengals not only to an AFC North title, not, that means past Pittsburgh and past Baltimore, who have both kicked your tail now, but beyond that, beyond the first round of the playoffs, beyond the divisional round, to an AFC championship, to a Super Bowl. And so when they... It feels like they have some momentum in, in their national outlets. We uh, this week call, I mean, pro football focus calling the upset well, and, and you got, you know, game day more uh, NFL game day more. All, all these different outlets like giving the Bengals love and it feels like there's positive momentum and the damn Steelers punch you in the mouth from the get go. And there is never a doubt. There is never a, a point in that game where you don't think that the Steelers are more superior with new uh, a, a new quarterback in Joe Burrow, with a lot of new faces on this team, it's just it's disheartening, and it's uh, it, it is it's um, it's like damn, it's the same same story regardless, and, and that's the part that I think is really frustrating today. So so let's get into the question about coaching because I think it's it's clear at this point that they need to make that decision now. There needs to be a decision this year. Is this the coaching staff that I'm hitching Joe Burrow's rookie contract to? And James, you're, you're, you're actually feeling worse than me after this game. Maybe you need a built bar. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I had a pregame built bar. If you saw on Twitter, that mint brownie, it was a perfect snack. I got a little workout in since it was a late game, Jake. Afterwards, built bar for the win. 
We talk about them all the time. Built Bars are the number one protein bar on the planet. They're packed with protein but low in sugar. So they're going to fit your macros. And the best part about them, they taste amazing. They're not chalky. They're not the the protein bars you're probably used to. Great taste, great macros. And right now, you can save money. Go to BuiltBar.com. Check out all 18 of their awesome flavors. And when you put in that final order, make sure you use promo code Locked On. You're going to save 20% off. Again, go to BuiltBar.com. Use promo code Locked On and get 20% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, James. As we wrap up the show here today, tough day for Bengals fans. But I think the question that a lot of people are asking, well, a lot of people are just done asking the question. They're ready to see Zach Taylor go. The Bengals, I don't think, are quite there. I think that for them, this is a real discussion that needs to happen. And they're not getting the results they want or the answers they want. It's not even close against the powerhouses of the division, right? And somebody pointed out, I think the last time the Bengals were swept in the AFC North was like 2002, a very long time ago, obviously. The Mm -hmm. Bengals have a, a stretch of easier games coming up. They play the rest of the NFC East. And people were feeling pretty good about those games. People were saying, yeah, you know, they could get four, five, six wins down the stretch here. And I don't even know if if beating the NFC East teams at this point is enough for for you to buy into Zach Taylor. Like, the division goes through Pittsburgh and Baltimore. And if these are the results you're getting, and and there are excuses, especially on the defensive side of the ball, I think, it needs to change, right? Something needs to be different the, the next two times the Bengals play these teams. The how matters. If the Bengals would have lost to the Steelers 36-31 and that, you know, Jesse Bates has that pick six that he could have had. Sam Hubbard catches the the interception in the first half. You don't talk about plays that could have changed the game. Those, those two happen, right? And Burrow does hit green and stride on a deep ball, which I don't know if we'll ever see ever. Uh, you know, if, if certain things go their way, right? And we're like, oh, well, they lost but and the Steelers undefeated, but we feel good about it. Then that's okay. And that, that's what I'm saying here. The how matters with Zach Taylor in these final seven games because you're right. You cannot waste what you have in Burrow. And the reality is, is Zach Taylor is 0-12-1 on the road. 0-12-1. That is insane. And at some point, you have to show signs here. And so when we look at these final seven games – you're right, a bunch of winnable games. I think Washington is winnable next week. The Giants, a winnable matchup. The Cowboys, right? Th- three favorable games where you feel like you can really compete against them. And, and then you have Pittsburgh again, and you have the Texans. And, you, you know, you, you have these teams. But if you beat, let's say they, they split with the Giants in, in Washington, and then they beat Dallas, and then they get their doors blown off again, by the Steelers, well, how much better do you feel? So the how matters. I'm not saying that they, and in fact, I predicted that they would go 0-6 in the division like five, six days ago when I did my mid-season predictions at all Bengals because that's okay. And, and like I, I think they're the fourth most talented team in the division, so that's all right. But the how matters. You can't, get, you can't lose a combined 70 to 13 and I don't think the 70 is right, but the 13 is right to the Steelers and Ravens the second time around like you did the first time because that is just – it's unacceptable and it can't happen. Yeah, I, I certainly agree with all that. The how absolutely matters. You can't get undressed. You can't have no answers. 
You can't be out of sorts in all three phases of the game at different points in the game. Like credit the defense early, credit the run defense in this game. The Steelers beat them by passing the ball. And Ben Roethlisberger honestly had a vintage Ben Roethlisberger game. Like he looked like the Ben Roethlisberger of old to me. He's out there gunslinging. And and you pointed out he had a couple balls that could have been picked. I think they're if you count some deflections and some tip drill plays that kind of fell to the ground pretty close to Bengals defenders, there were probably five opportunities, six opportunities for interceptions in this game that were a little bit harder plays. And actually, Bates could have had two picks. He had the one where he almost one-handed the ball uh, on the sideline going out of bounds. And then he had the other one that should have been a pick six. And then obviously there's the Sam Hubbard play. And on top of that, there were some tip passes. It's, it's just when you have those opportunities, you don't make the plays, you're coughing up the ball. As you said, the margin of error isn't there. You can't get undressed in these games against the powerhouses in the division. And if it happens two more times, I, I do think that that's got to be curtains for Zach Taylor, right? I mean, how much leash can you have when you're, when you're on a Dave Shula kind of pace, right? You, you can't keep... I don't know. I just think that at some point it becomes a hard decision for the Bengals to make here and, and they have to look at some results and say, you know what, maybe maybe things are going well behind the scenes. Maybe we're decimated by injury, but the results on Sundays aren't there, especially against the teams that we know we're going to have to beat and and we can't waste this rookie contract opportunity. And if they give Taylor another year, we've talked about this before, that means that you're bringing in a new coach in Burroughs' third year and you're asking a new coach to do it in his first year with the Bengals at that point in time. And, and that's you're, you're deep into your playoff window at that point in your rookie's year three. No doubt. And, and, and so that that's what we got to see here is we got to see, look, I expected them to lose again to Pittsburgh. I didn't expect this and they shouldn't expect this. And the, the only way uh, really – Heck, I said this too um, on Saturday night. I was, I was like, man, you know what? If you want Zach to really like seal the deal on his year three and maybe more, go beat Pittsburgh at Heinz Field, yep. right? Snap a ten-game losing streak for for the franchise. Like this is very much a prove-it type of game. And even if they do hang around, even if they lose thirty-six twenty-four, let's say, I think you could feel good about Zach Taylor and his message. But instead, it was slop. It was trash from Alex Erickson, who's taking a ton of heat and r- 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 absolutely deserved. But this guy usually is prepared. He usually is sure-handed. So why why did that happen? You know, what, why did T. Higgins, who he said, I can't remember the last time I fumbled. What, why did that happen? You know, you know, all of these things are happening. And it, it, it can't just all be on the players. At some point, it's how you prepare, what happened in the week, how they overcame it, all of those things. And consistently, Mike Tomlin has his guys ready. And it just does not feel like that th- this Bengals team is ready to go. And with Burrow they should be ready to go against the Steelers and ready to compete every single week. And I know he didn't play well. I get that. But uh, it's uh, it, it's just tough. And so that that's kind of the, the storyline here with seven weeks to go. Can Zach Taylor do enough to convince them, them being the, the Bengals organization, that he deserves a third year? And I think the leash is a little, at least a little longer than it is publicly, right? It's a little longer behind the, the scenes than mm-hmm. it is publicly, and and we'll see uh, how it plays out. 
Yeah, like you said, really, really tough game. It's hard when your quarterback, you know, has a bit of a rocky game. It's hard when you're down like six corners and seven defensive linemen or whatever. It's hard, but you can't have that kind of showing either. You have to, every every NFL team has injuries. It's not an excuse. The Steelers, by the way, don't have injuries though. So that's just reality, right? The reality of this game and a contributing factor the Bengals extremely injured. The Steelers have like three substantial players that miss the game. So just something to keep in mind. Um, we'll have to get more into the positives a little bit tomorrow, James, when we have some chances to go back and look at things. We talked about Quentin Spain, Jesse Bates, a couple of, of repeat performances for those guys. Uh, T. Higgins, I think, has claimed the number one wide receiver spot. We'll get into all those a little bit more tomorrow. And real quick before we go, everyone, if you could just send some love to Andrew Whitworth, if it's positive vibes, if it's prayer, whatever it is for you, carted off the field today with a knee injury, and uh, obviously lots of love for Whit. No doubt about it. Jay Glazer uh, had the, the latest on this. He said the initial exam did not show a torn ACL and that the tibia is intact, but the MCL and PCL are torn. So he'll get an MRI, but that would be encouraging because the ACL – obviously would be a, a devastating injury. And so it's it's still serious for Witt, but maybe not as serious as originally thought. Had a Iron Man career if this is the end. And I, I think in Bengals fans' hearts, certainly a Hall of Famer, but you hope it isn't the end. So so send all that good energy out toward Wit out west. And we'll be back tomorrow. And we'll try to get into some of these positives. Remember to breathe, Bengals fans. Drink some water. Until next time. Have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.